Welcome to Today's Law featuring practicing attorney Patrick King. Share your questions about the law and how it affects you. Today's guest is fellow attorney Michael Diaz. Listen as they discuss legal points of view and history, government and politics, current events and local issues. Whatever your pleasure, join Patrick King Live for an insightful and entertaining half hour. Here's the host of today's show, Patrick King. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this evening. We're happy to be back at the Big Z. Um, last uh, last show two weeks ago, I thought, uh, had a great start and kicked us off to a uh, wonderful start for the next uh, four shows after today. Today's law, we're going to talk a little bit today with local attorney Mike Diaz, but before we get there, we're going to have some current events, briefly talk about some current events, also talk a little bit about legal precedents and history. Uh, the purpose of the show is going to be conversational in nature, where we're going to cover different topics ranging from the past through the present. By bringing a guest on, I'm hoping to share uh, insights as well as other perspective other than mine to more or less uh, bring together different people to have a good conversation. So with today's headlines, Illinois is no doubt experiencing a budget crisis. And as I was planning for the show today, I was thinking about one topic that everybody seems to be discussing, and that is the Illinois budget crisis, how it affects our schools, government, universities, and operation of the overall state of Illinois budget. This is a topic that should be on everyone's mind. This is a topic and headline that everyone of Illinois should follow, discuss, debate, and promote some form of resolution in the future, not only for us, but for our kids and our grandkids. Something that happened positive in Illinois, at least from my perspective, is the Bail Reform Act. The purpose of bail bond is very simple. You are arrested, you are given bail bond to be released, and the promise is that you would show up for a trial. Recently, Illinois Governor and the Illinois General Assembly signed the Bail Reform Act, The new law creates new rights to persons in custody of law enforcement in Illinois jails to remove the posting of cash bond for minor crimes as a condition of release. In many cases, a defendant must must post 10% of the total bond to be released. For example, if bond is set at $10,000, a defendant absent any recognizance bond would be required to pay or post $1,000 for release. The purpose of this law is to allow for those charged with minor petty offenses or low-level crimes to be released on bond. That is, that they're going to promise to comply and show up for court. Uh, Primarily, this law has been designed for lower-income individuals. And so this is a promotion of criminal justice reform where it seems it was not only signed by the governor, but I said it was also approved by the General Assembly, so it's bipartisan, and that's positive news for Illinois. Into the history and legal precedents, I I wanted to touch base about the U.S. Supreme Court. There has been much discussion and debate after the election uh, and before the election of President Trump. Well, what does the Supreme Court do? What is the purpose of the Supreme Court? Why are both parties spending so much time and energy uh, fighting over getting a justice seated? Well, the United States Supreme Court is one of three branches of government. It's made up of nine justices who 
sit for a lifetime. And I think that's why the fight begins, because a president has the ability to nominate. The Senate has the ability to confirm. And that individual, that individual justice, sits for a lifetime. Lifetime appointments on the Supreme Court means that they have the ability, that person has the ability to make decisions for 30, 40, or even 50 years. For legal precedents, the most famous case uh, that you start learning about right away in law school is Marbury v. Madison. And Marbury v. Madison is where Chief Justice John Marshall issued an opinion of judicial review. And that is where the United States Supreme Court, for the first time in our young, young country's history, began to get its powers. That is, the Supreme Court has the ability to interpret the law. And again, that is why we see so much uh, political debate. We see so much uh, different interest groups promoting somebody or trying to prevent somebody from sitting on the Supreme Court is because the United States Supreme Court has the ability, is the final say, the final interpreter of any law that may or any case that comes before it. The Supreme Court does not necessarily get to select its cases in the sense of go pick them. But rather, there's an appellate process. That is, a case starts out either in state or a federal court and works its way all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. And then four out of nine justices decide to take the case. Five out of nine justices then would rule on a case. So it takes nine justices to truly run the Supreme Court. And so the reflection is Marbury v. Madison, 1803, was the initial case that gave the Supreme Court its powers to be. Uh, Today I've asked a, a dear friend of mine, my soccer coach growing up, somebody that I've known my entire life, who when I, just started, when I decided to start a law practice uh, in 2011 after practicing for about two years, I reached out to Mike Diaz. Uh, Mike is live in studio with us. Mike is here to, uh, to go over some questions and talk, and we're going to have a nice discussion today. So a brief introduction to Mike. Mike is lawyer and owner of the law offices of Michael J. Diaz, as well as owner of Pinnacle Title and Escrow. Mike has offices in Alton and Greenville. Mike is a lifelong resident of the Riverbend area. Licensed since 1981, Mike specializes and concentrates in real estate law, business law, estate planning, trusts, probate, and family law. Mike operates his law practice and title company with his wife, Linda, and his son, Michael Jr., Mike can be reached at 618-664-1872, dslaw1 at gmail.com, and found on the web at dslaw1.com. Mike, welcome. Thank you for having me. So today, what, why I decided to focus on, Mike, is, is really kind of real estate law. And the reason that we decided to focus on real estate law is because it's summertime, and this is the height of real estate transactions this is the height of when people are outside, when people decide to make improvements on their land, construction projects. Everywhere we go, something's happening with either construction or improvements, etc. So what I want to start off with is just a basic overview, Mike. What is real estate law and what does it mean? Well, real estate law, Pat, is the law that governs a person's rights and interests in real property. Real property can include residential property, commercial property, agricultural property, 
uh, a whole variety of different things. And it provides protections for buyers, sellers, lenders, landowners, developers, uh, contractors, even real estate agents, and uh, even landlords and tenants. Now, earlier I had mentioned uh, pinnacle title and escrow. And so obviously you're a lawyer, you practice law, and you practice real estate transaction law. What does a title company do, and why is a title company necessary? Well, title insurance is one of those things that uh, provides protection against uh, any uh, defects in property or any damages that uh, you might experience as a result of any liens or encumbrances uh, or defects in the title to the property. Uh, Each title policy is different. Uh, There's a lender's policy. There's an owner's policy. And those policies are subject to various terms and conditions and exclusions based on the uh, the specifics of that particular piece of property. Let's say, Mike, I'm a buyer and I'm looking at different properties and I find a, a nice 10-acre farm like my brother just recently found. <laughs> <laughs> so Danny's going to be a farmer soon. I hope he's listening. Uh, so if Danny's the buyer, why would Danny need title insurance? What benefits would that give Danny as a buyer or soon-to-be buyer, that mm-hmm. is soon-to-be buyer, of a 10-acre farm? Danny wants to know, as would any buyer, uh, am I getting good title? Am I getting a, a piece of property that in the future, if I decide to sell it, I will have the ability to give good title? Are there any judgments or liens against the property that need to be satisfied or need to be dealt with in some way uh, before I take title? So title insurance is a a way, and title insurance companies are a way of making sure that all of those things are addressed prior to you taking title and possession of the property. And so in other words, it would be beneficial for a buyer to buy the land free and clear of anything that could affect their ownership or their rights to enjoy the property. Sure. For the seller, then, what what is the benefit of any uh, title insurance or a closing? What's the benefit for the seller? That is, the people who are selling the property to the buyer. The, the seller is is making sure that he has good title to give to the buyer. So the title insurance policy is is part of that process. We want to make sure that there aren't any errors in the public records, there aren't any unknown liens or uh, anything that is a defect on the title that could come back to haunt the buyer at some future point in time once he takes possession. I believe we're getting pretty close to a break here. Yeah, Pat. Why don't don't we uh, give people an opportunity to participate in today's program by emailing us at todayslawradio at gmail.com. This program is also paid for by the King Law Firm, and unwritten in part by John Placht CPA, serving the St. Louis Metro, and found online at jplachtcpa.com, and by Quality Buick GMC Cadillac on Homer Adams Parkway in Alton, online at qualitygmcars.com. You can watch or listen to all the episodes of Today's Law at kinglawfirmllc.com and at confluenceba.com.
Now back to Patrick and to our friend Michael. For everybody that's returned, this is Patrick King on Today's Law. I'm sitting here with uh, live in studio with both Ron Tanner of Confluence and Mike Diaz, lawyer and owner and operator of title uh, of a title company called Pinnacle Title and Escrow. We were just discussing real estate law and real estate transactions. Mike, what what is a recorder of deeds, and, and what role do they play in real estate transactions and real estate law? The recorder of deeds is the the county official who records all of the deeds, liens, releases of liens, uh, and a variety of other documents as well, uh, some not even related to real estate, um, that, that keep an official record of all of these transactions throughout the entire county. So in other words, the, the recorder's office is, is a living history. We, Absolutely. We could go back and find out who owned this farm, that is Danny's soon-to-be farm, uh, we could go back 50 or 100 years uh, in the past and find out who were the first owners. And a little history of our, of our not only of our country, but even here in our townships and our county. Is that right? Some of these uh, title histories go back to the original land grant from the United States to the original owners. So it's it's uh, a piece of history, but also it's it's the recorder's office is a place where everything is organized and kept for title companies to ensure that they can give good title to the buyer because as most people's largest investment, it's going to be their house. Absolutely. And for most people, their life savings go into either purchasing a home, buying a new home, or selling that home for later retirement years. I, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask Mike a quick question here about what what other kind of law do you practice besides real estate and uh, and uh, w- which is formidable? I know you've made a sizable investment in in Pinnacle and getting the title company started. What sure. what else do you do, Mike? Uh, business law. Uh, state planning, uh, wills, trusts, and I do some family law work as well. Actually, on, on the business side, because I'm a small business guy, and that's what what we like to talk about most of the time. But what what are some of the um, common issues that come up in small business law? Well, I think a lot of it starts out with. What type of entity do I want to be, or do I want to be an entity at all? Do I want to be a sole practitioner or a, a sole uh, proprietorship? Do I want to be an LLC, a limited liability company, or do I want to be a corporation? Um, so a lot of it has to do with uh, what are the advantages and disadvantages of each of those types of areas. Other things are just getting started. Uh, the marketing aspect, which which you are involved in, uh, making sure that you've got a team of people together. Uh, You need to have a marketing expert. You need to have an attorney. You need to have a CPA. You need to have an insurance guy. So you need to have a team of people that are helping support you in in growing and starting and growing your business. I've got one other question that that involves uh, all of us have had disputes with small business owners. We, as customers, How? What's the best way to resolve? And that really is a question for both you guys. Um, what's the best way to resolve issues that come up with small business people? Well, the law should be the last resort. Perfect. So uh, I really believe that 
as your guests in the previous segment talked about, uh, you as a business owner, you want to give your your customer not just a good experience but a great experience. And if you haven't been able to do that, then you ought to be able to talk to your customer and work out some sort of a resolution. Some businesses are willing to do that more readily than others, um, but certainly that would be the first place to start. Um, I, I've seen businesses, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, consumers that have gone to uh, Four on Your Side or other TV or radio stations who have consumer advocates that can can help as well. Uh, and the last uh, line of defense, so to speak, would be to uh, file some sort of a lawsuit if that's the the ultimate goal. Uh, sometimes that can be more time, energy, and and money than than people are willing to spend, or it, the the net result may may not be as uh, as perfect as they would like to see it be. But uh, all in all, I think it's it's a matter of having that first conversation. And I, I can't agree more. Um, I was listening to Mike and I were live in studio listening to Ron's show with uh, two great guests, by the way, two great entrepreneurs. And what struck me was their understanding of communication. That is, delivering a good quality customer service often involves great communication. And I think as a lawyer's viewpoint, the best way that we can instruct clients business clients or friends or family members is when there is a problem or dispute is to communicate right away. Mm -hmm. People who want to bury their head in the sand, people who wish to ignore emails, especially business owners, they're going to create a bigger problem. So if you know that there is going to be a dispute or a potential dispute, I think the best thing is to reach out and see if you can form some type of resolution right away. Maybe you won't agree on it initially, but most customers just want to be heard. Most clients want to be heard. If a client has a problem, the best thing to do is come on in for a meeting. Let's talk. Mm -hmm. And by the end of that conversation, and don't you agree, Mike, by the end of the conversation, when you have it, you can at least find common ground. Absolutely. And I think that's that's super important not only for uh, business owners but just people in general. Um, I, I wanted to run into something, uh, something that, that – comes up and, and it sort of ties into this question here mike we, we talk about well ron raised a great question you know what do you see uh, in terms of business to customer and what are some of the problems that can be avoided we're talking a little bit of real estate law here with uh with mike diaz mike what's your best advice when you have two neighbors break down communication say it's a boundary dispute a new fence being built it could be an easement problem. It could be somebody's uh, not taking care of their yard, etc. What's the best advice that you have, legally or practically, when there is some type of dispute between two neighbors? Well, it gets back to know your facts. Make sure you understand exactly what the situation is. Um, I would, first of all, check your deed to see exactly what you legally own. Make sure that you're not wrong from the get-go. You mean the lawnmower <laughs> doesn't define that? <laughs> I or mean, I, I've been mowing that for 10 years. Or I built my fence on your side, so that's just my property now. That does happen. Uh, you need to compare your legal description to the plat that's on file at the recorder's office. Again, the recorder who keeps a record of, of these things. 
uh, you need to determine what portion of your land the neighbor is occupying or vice versa. You may find out that you're occupying a portion of his land. So, uh, And if they're occupying your land, find out how long that's been going on, how long it's been happening. Um, I think that at the end of the day, the the final way to really look at it is get a survey. Have a surveyor come out, found, find the boundary markers, and do a survey. To tie into that, Mike, oftentimes people say, well, a neighbor approached me and they want an easement. Mm-hmm. What's your advice when a friend or a neighbor requests an easement? Could you just briefly define easement and then how, how should one respond when that request is made? Very carefully. Uh, an easement is an interest or a right to use or to uh, to use the property of, of someone else. Um, it's like any transfer of an interest in real estate. It's a grant of that property for the specific use or purpose. Uh, an easement is generally, but not always, in perpetuity, which means that it runs with the land. And so if that property is sold to someone else in the future, uh, the easement follows that property. It goes with that property. So uh, they tend to be perpetual and uh, you have to be very careful about whether or not you want to give someone an easement. And when someone gives or grants an easement or okays it, are they entitled to any compensation for that easement? They can be. It's part of it, it's an easement is generally an agreement between the parties. So if uh, the the landowner who's granting the easement is uh, wanting some sort of compensation, uh, that certainly can be part of the conversation. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, Ron, do we have some general audience questions or anything that uh, strikes you as something that our audience would like to hear? Well, there's something that uh, a personal item that I think is relevant here. I uh, that I since I'm sitting in the chair, I think I've got an advantage over most of the listeners. Uh, But I I don't know that maybe this hasn't been encountered once or twice. Uh, I had to recently trench um, for a a water line, a wastewater line, uh, you know, runoff Mm -hmm. down through my yard. And in the process of doing so, realized that my neighbor had tied in to a previously established line there. And didn't realize that he had, um, and and it's it's not that I really cared, mm-hmm. but it just caught me off guard. It's kind of like you know, what if somebody were siphoning water off of your water line or filling their pool <laughs> or something like that? But it was the right thing to do, so it didn't end up in my basement. But what happens when you know what what if I wanted to chat with them about that. What's the best approach to to something like that? And it sounds simple, but these are the kinds of things that can get out of hand in a real quick hurry. Well, they can get out of hand in a real quick hurry, uh, especially in situations where it may be that your neighbor wasn't the one who actually installed the line. It may have been two or three owners previous oh, to him. Perfect, yeah. So he may not have even known that it was tied in in that particular manner. Um, again, it starts with a conversation. It starts with 
trying to find some resolution that both parties can live with short of having to litigate the issue. Uh, that you know, it, it could be a trespass on your property. Uh, so it, it certainly is, is something that's worthy of a conversation. It's well, I actually, the way I handled that was that I was glad that his water wasn't just rushing over my property. And so I let him know that, uh, that it was tied in and that was fine with me. And I wanted to make sure that he was aware of it. And um, I, I think now... That that really strengthened the bond that you know between us as neighbors uh, a, a little bit. You yeah, know, that's a silver lining. Build a little trust. Yeah, absolutely. It's an opportunity. So um, we have about uh, two and a half minutes before we go go to our uh, final break here, and uh, I. I don't have a specific question, but I have a list of questions here that I I, I am thinking about. Do, do you have something in mind that you'd like well, to Well, go ask? ahead. Ask one. we got a couple minutes. and Well, you know, when we're talking property, mm-hmm. uh, what happens when people, and you're a family attorney, mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I hate to bring up downers, but the reality is that divorces happen. They do. And people have to reconcile property. And uh, how, how does how, how do you recommend, what, what do people should people do when they enter into uh, divorce proceedings? Ron, those situations are each unique. Uh, You may have a situation where the husband owns a house in his own name and the wife's name isn't on it. Uh, You may have a situation where it's owned jointly, uh, but they're upside down. There's no equity or very little equity. Uh, So it's hard to answer that question with a specific uh, step-by-step plan. Again, it depends on the individual situation of of those two parties and what they want to do with that piece of property. One may want to live in it. If they have children, they may want to continue to raise their kids there. Others may want to simply sell it and split whatever money there is uh, between them. So it... uh, it can go a lot of different ways depending on the situation of the uh, the individuals involved. And I, Mike, I think that's a, a great point that's raised with lawyers is that everybody's case is unique. Every set of facts is the same. You've been practicing law since 1981. Have you ever seen a case with the same set of facts? No, no. So I think that's the moral of the story is there's there's general legal advice, but if you really, if anyone out there has a specific problem, we would encourage that you set up a confidential meeting with your attorney, whoever that may be, or find a good attorney to have a confidential private meeting to ask your specific questions because everybody's case, everybody's problem is unique and that there's no one-size-fits-all when it comes to practicing law or giving good, solid legal advice. I believe we're, we're getting close to uh, wrapping things up. Uh, in order to find Mike Diaz again, Mike Diaz is a lawyer and uh, owner of Pinnacle Title. He can be reached at 618-664-1872. Mike Diaz can be found uh, on the web at diazlaw1 at gmail.com or diazlaw1.com. So his email is diazlaw1 at gmail.com. His website is diazlaw1.com. 
for my closing remarks, this is Patrick King. I appreciate you tuning in here. You may find me at kinglawfirmllc.com. My email is kinglawfirm1 at gmail.com. And my new office address is 205 West Main Street, East Alton, Illinois, 62024. We appreciate you listening in. This program was paid for by the King Law Firm and underwritten by John Plaque, CPA, serving the St. Louis Metro, and found online at jplaquecpa.com, and by Quality Buick GMC Cadillac on Homer Adams Parkway in Alton, online at qualitygmcars.com. Tune in next time, Wednesday, July the 5th, and be sure to send questions and comments to the show via today's law radio at gmail.com and continue the conversation on the King Law Firm Facebook page. Today's Law with Patrick King is a production of Confluence Business Advisors and distributed by Confluence Media Network. This program is produced live at the studios of WBGZ Radio in Alton, Illinois, with production assistance from Jordan Myers, associate producer, Lauren Waters, digital media assistant, videography from Rick Vaughn, and Ken Clayton. You can watch or listen to today's law at kinglawfromllc.com and confluenceba.com.